Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin. I'm here with Jason, and we have special guest and returning guest, Josh Berman, a.k.a. Quarter Paint. Welcome back to the show, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. Good, Good to, be to have you. Thanks. Yeah, so um, we're. I'm saying this for the benefit of our listeners. If you're listening to the podcast, please feel free to continue to listen. However, if you want to get the full effect of today's topic, you should visit us at YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash tabletop and beyond. Visit us there because we are going to be pulling up some of Josh's work. And I can tell you this right now, my words, as good and as eloquent as they are, just can't describe the awesomeness that is Josh's painting. So as much as we try, you should see it with your own eyes. Am I, am I right in saying that, Josh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We'll get some we'll get some people viewing the the YouTube page today. So that's right. Yeah, he's saying definitely, Justin. Your words just won't cut it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Josh, we I was looking back at our schedule of episodes that we had. You were one of our first. I think you were like in the first top ten of our episodes that we had back in August of 2020. So, yeah. I don't know about you, but. A lot's kind of changed since then. Yes. Yes. Some, <laughs> some big life changes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we are excited to talk about some stuff with you as you have made some significant uh, advances in the hobby and personally and professionally, and uh, we're excited to get into that. But before we do, as always, how was your Geek Week? So, Jason, let's start with you. Oh, man, Geek Week. Uh, I got lost. I was actually uh, I was on vacation this past week. But uh, with my wife. Uh, but I'll say this: I went on I went on vacation with uh, a couple's friend, and uh, we brought games and we played uh, Arkham Horror, mm. the card game. Oh yeah, uh, okay. yeah the the kind of campaign card game. We played through the first campaign, like the full acts, Act One, Act Two, Act Three, and uh, it was it was a it was a fun ride. Um, difficult uh, difficult card game, but a lot of fun. But so that played a lot of games with that. But before that, since the topic uh, today is more about painting, I did um, I'll, I'll hit what I did a week before. I actually fully printed my Slaves to Darkness army using the Lord of the Prints uh, Unchained and took it to the tabletop and played it. And, uh, That's right. And, yep, and played it and had, had a lot of fun with it. Actually, I guess I could, since we're a video now and not just... Uh, he, not he beat up on me pretty good. Yeah, it was it was fun. Here's one of my uh, let's see if we can get this up really close to the camera. Maybe not really good, but here's one of the oh, one of the guys. Sweet. Right. So that's a 3D printed. Uh, I used him to be a uh, chaos. Uh, what was he? He was a chaos warrior. Yeah, chaos warrior. And there's a couple different ones like that. And then I've got like these uh, little guys that was like the marauder on mm -hmm. the on a mount. Right. Uh, that was a chaos knight, right? Yeah, actually, this is a marauder, right? Because you see the size difference oh, yeah, the, okay, of the body. Okay. These little guys. They're 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 it's hard to see, but they're smaller relative to the uh relative to the big guys you see there. Yeah, but um so yeah, I mean it was cool, you know, it was like a ten dollar uh, monthly subscription to get this giant army that I painted that I felt was a good aesthetic for slaves to darkness, and I printed them and brought them to the tabletop and played them. So it was a lot of fun. But uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to paint them too. I'm still toying with my paint scheme, but um I mean, Slaves to Darkness can be difficult, but they can also be really easy, right? Just throw a bunch of black armor on, maybe a color in the chain mail, and you're good. But so, so that was it for my geek. Be 
so speaking of a like as a quality painter, Josh, do you ever really print 3D things or like what do, do you print 3D models? So, do you so we're, we're gonna models? spoiler like future conversation, but uh, oh, okay. almost everything I receive in like professionally now is on most companies they're. 3d printing so oh. uh so uh you know it's it, again i'm getting really high quality 3d prints you know before nice. things maybe go into other forms of production and some companies are switching just to 3d prints so so yeah i'm i'm working with 3d printed minis all the time now yeah that's awesome and yeah that was a bit of a spoiler but we'll get into that <laughs> so um that's really really interesting so you're kind of like painting prototypes and stuff like that yeah or... yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. Yeah, there's uh, a lot well, of Josh. Oh, go there's ahead, a Josh. lot of really. I was just to say, there's a lot of really good. If if you're good at 3D printing, or if you just enjoy it, there's there's some really good sculptors out there that put their stuff out on like my mini factory, or yep. even like uh, Game Body. I think is a big one. Uh, some really high quality sculpts. Printing it is a challenge itself if you're a hobbyist printer to get that good quality. But it's there's a lot of good options out there. I'm I'm happy to hear that you're getting a lot of 3D printed stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's cool. definitely the you know the future of things for sure. You know that like some of the big companies, uh, you know, there's some resistance, but I, I think that's where it probably is all all headed. You know, um, Privateer Press, who does War Machine, you know, mm. has has now committed that everything that that they sell is now just going to be a 3D printed product. Oh, so, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So with their new version of War Machine, it's everything that, you know, even internationally, they, they're like contracting with international printers and stuff like that, but everything is 3D printed. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I'd be super interested to see the business model on that. Yeah. You well, know? they're still selling their, their minis, right? They're just they're yes. selling 3D printed minis versus cast right. minis. Correct. Yeah. I wonder if they'll ever move to like... Um letting people buy the STLs and print them themselves. Huh. Curious thought. That's a good question. Yeah. 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 Well, Josh, how was your geek week? Yeah. Well, it, it'd be a I little cheating, right? To say that I just like <laughs> painted a bunch of minis. Right. So, uh, <laughs> um, I did, uh, start the, the Vox Machina, uh, animated series on, yeah. on Amazon. You know, I've, I've, been a critical role fan for a while and so that was a you know that's always a fun ride it's uh you know a little comedic but but in you know a lot of some good fun you know i don't have a uh a set like stable D D group so that kind of like watching that kind of stuff or you know watching watching their their youtube channel kind of scratches the itch for for some D D that i i miss out on so yeah you ever seen sure. the gamers Dorkness Rising? No. Okay, you got to look it up. It's an old. Okay. It's a movie from like the probably the mid two thousands. Okay. But it's uh, it is everyone who's ever who calls himself a role player has to have watched this movie once. It's a really okay. funny comedy. Uh, That's great. Uh, you know, a bunch of friends who play role playing games got together and made a movie. It's good stuff. That's great. I won't spoil it, but go see it. I don't. I don't okay. think I've seen it, Jason. Yeah, it used to be. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. It's one of those you might have to just buy it on Voodoo or something, you know. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you got you got to see it. And when you you because it's a movie made by gamers as a tribute for people who play role playing games, so it's it's a pretty co comedic uh, adventure. That's nice, great. nice. 
for my geek week, I've got two things. So I was struggling mightily over the last like week and a half to figure out what kind of war band I want to take for Warcry at Adepticon coming up. Um, and uh, Jason knows well that I usually play everything. Um, mm-hmm. At least a couple of times, and we're usually testing out different war bands to see what they're like, and then talk about it on the podcast. And I'm usually playing against his ogres or flesh eater courts or something like that, which is a good stress test for a new yeah. war band. Um, but because I'm playing a little bit of everything, I haven't gone like I've gone like a, a, an inch deep and a mile wide. So thinking about how to like build a winning war band for uh, Adepticon. Man, I was struggling. I was like, do I go like death and do like graveguard stuff? Do I go destruction? I've got an order list. I mean, I've got like a whole bunch of things rattling around my head. And I decided that I wanted to, I, I kind of settled on bone splitters. So um, it's funny because I had war bands on my table that I am painting, but I said, push them aside. Let's start working on it. So I got 20, um, uh, 20 bone splitter orcs done. And well, not done. I got them built and I got their skin. It's kind of hard to see. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to see, but I got their skin done pretty much. Um, approve of the orc choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got their skin done, which I'm really happy with. And it was um, a pretty simple thing. Um, it was it was kind of a, a process that I sort of adapted from Zach Cascagoon's um, uh, Iron Jaws. So, you know, I kind of did like an iron rack skin base coat, and then I did a um, uh, Bugman's Glow kind of wash that I kind of Mm. uh, mopped off a little bit. So just got into the recesses. Then I hit it with with the airbrush with uh, uh, the Athonium Camo Shade wash. And so it didn't pool, right? It just tinted everything. Right. Um, And then I hit it with another... um, uh, dry brush of uh, iron rack skin again, and then I went over it with the beel uh, tan green to make it so. So basically, I got like after the Athonian camel shade, it was kind of this brownish, if you can see. And then after I did the Athonian or the beel uh, tan green, green, then I got the greenish, the green skin that I was looking for with the bone splitter. So um, I got all their skin done pretty much, which I'm happy with. I just need to go in and put some tattoos on them and gussy up their faces a little bit more and get all their weapons and clothes and stuff done. But um, the as far as like models go, like these bone splitters are like fun to paint. I'm having a good time with them. Like they're they're pretty easy and there's a, there's a surprisingly quite a bit you can do with them like that make it your own type of thing so yeah i don't feel locked into any kind of specific um recipe that i have to do with them you know like if i've got a if i've got a um like if i got a storm cast you kind of feel like oh they got armor and you gotta you know i don't know like i know a lot of people do a lot of different things but it's hard to get away from certain tropes sometimes with certain models but i feel more free with the bone splitters i think yeah, so. you can play around a little. You know, they're they're all barefoot too, right? You could like, yep. You could do like a little bit of like mud or splatter or blood down on the feet. You know, like they've been yep. running through the battlefield or something like that. Mm. You know, yeah. I'm gonna take a page out of your book, Josh, with um that um what was it the pale skinned orcs that you did a while ago yep. for Zach Cascagoon actually, and I'm gonna get some of that blood for the blood god and and put a little bit of uh, mineral spirits in there. 
And what I think I might do is put a little bit on some one of my crappy brushes and then like shoot the airbrush through it to get that nice splatter effect yep. of blood on it. But because that mineral spirits, it kind of um, it kind of uh, uh, makes it a little bit finer spray, right? Because yep. it kind of breaks it down a little bit into uh, smaller droplets that seem a little bit more uh, realistic, I guess, at that scale. Sure, sure, <laughs> you know? yeah. So. I would practice on a couple of things yeah. before you hit an actual model. That's probably model. a good idea. That's probably a good idea. I'll probably get blood for the blood got all over my desk. So, yeah. you know, it's like a murder scene, a model murder scene. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how, how it goes and how it turns out and stuff like that. So, um, it'll be fun. Oh, Very cool. kind of freaking out. Um, and the last thing I wanted to talk about real quick I don't know why my Justin is in rave mode currently. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? I think that the my camera is synced up with the LED light that I have on, so it's like because it's not blinking in my room, you know. (laughs) Anyway, um, the other thing I want to talk about is I I had mentioned this. I've been watching The Last of Us. I'm I'm up to episode three, right? They had just come out, and I decided to start playing the video game along with the show so i've played the video game up to the end of episode one to see kind of like what the differences are and and how it was and i'm pleased to say that episode one was pretty darn close like there's a couple of subtle differences and and i think that the the subtle differences were more for gameplay than they were for narrative you know like so for example they had um they had uh the folks kind of sneaking out of the city i don't think that's too much of a spoiler Right, they had some folks sneaking out of the city, and like the game, you spent a lot of time sneaking out of the city, and it was to kind of teach you the mechanics of stealth and combat and quiet combat and all that stuff that uh, you needed to learn, but that you didn't really need to learn in watching the show. Right, you didn't, you know, you didn't need to develop that muscle memory watching the show. So, um, but I was pleased for episode one. We'll see how episode two goes. And yeah, my uh, wife, my wife said that uh, she read an art. She watches a lot of and follows a lot of entertainment, like weekly stuff. She heard that the third episode of The Last of Us is one of the best episodes that's been on TV on any TV series uh, in like a really long time. Like people are rating it as one of the best filmed TV episodes of all time. It was good. It was a. It was a. a this is the third episode. episode. Yep. The third episode. Yep. Oh yeah. So yep. you have yep. seen it. I have. Of course seen you it. have. You binge whatever they have available. That's right. That's yeah. right. Sleep is not a thing for you. I mean, I want to also talk about how I'm working my way through like seasons of yeah. uh, Fargo, yeah. right? That I'm almost done with that series that I started a couple of weeks yeah. ago. You're starting to yeah. get at least three hours of sleep this week, right? That's right. Exactly. At least three. <laughs> so. Um, we talked. Yeah, about no, this. The, but that's been that's been pretty good. Uh, I did read, by the way, this uh, last week. I did read The Road by Cormac McCarthy to kind of oh, wow. like that's dark. Okay, it was. It was kind of heavy. Have you read it, Josh? I it was a w- long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, rave mode. Yeah, I know. Reactivate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in rave mode again. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners, my lights keep flickering along with the camera, so I don't know what I need to do to fix that. But anyway, um, but yeah, it was pretty heavy. And but I thought it was so good, though, as far as a book mm. goes, like um, it was it was uh, pretty, pretty powerful. Um, 
I can see where they kind of took thematically from the lot, you know, from that book for the Lost of Us or Last of Us, but um, I think the book is significantly different enough, right? That um, it kind of stands on its own, or the game stands on its own. So, for sure. but yeah, but yeah, it was a good book. Anyway, yeah, great Geek Week, guys. A lot of a uh, lot of video watching action. And uh, painting, of course, right? Which is great. Uh, let's uh, let's hit the geek news, which I forgot to put up our thing. But here we go, geek news. Ha! Huh? <laughs> um, so we only have a couple of bits of geek news. Uh, Jason, you probably have the first one that has to do with uh, convention and badges and things like that. Oh yeah, you know I actually don't have our uh, script up uh, right now, but I'm I pretty sure you're talking about Gen Con. Yes, sir. Yep, Gen Con this bat yeah, the 29th Gen Con badges went on sale. So excited, right? For that. Uh and also I think we know this this year um our masks. I don't think masks are gonna be a thing at Gen Con this year. This will be no. the first year since uh since you know everyone's been dealing was dealing with COVID that uh, there will not be masks at the Gen Con convention. So if that's something that's been holding you back, you know, the this will be the, the year that we'd love to see you back there to play games with us and all i know that we went we did the war cry tournament at gen con last year which mm -hmm. was a lot of fun that was how we kind of we went out with 1.0 with a bang at the gen con right yep and then rolled into 2.0 right afterwards so that was good but uh i'm excited as always i know the next one on our on our plate as you mentioned is adepticon but gen mm -hmm. con is always uh uh one that's there in fact funny my wife knows that gen con is such a big part of my uh life that when my family schedules family reunions, when my side of the family schedules family reunions, she makes a point to tell them Jason won't be there <laughs> because uh, Gen Con is over that time. <laughs> and so nice. I tell my family every year, they're like, yeah, we're going to do it this week. I'm like, I won't be there. <laughs> and like, all right. So they awesome. push it a day. It's like, all right, I won't be there for the first day. Why? It's the last day of Gen Con. That's right. But even and my wife, even my wife's Monday, on board. Right? My wife's on board with yeah. that. Yeah good times though but yeah i'm excited yeah. so hopefully you guys are too uh yeah definitely i think uh it'll be interesting to see how big gen con is this year because if adepticon showed us anything like a lot of the events the paint all the painting events were like sold out in the first hour mm -hmm. all of the like war cry was sold out in two hours which is crazy because like it was like 40 spots, right? Like, and last year they had 17 people. So Warcry was sold out in like two hours. Um, a bunch of the other ones, the big ones, like a lot of the kill team stuff was sold out within the first day. And so um, I have a feeling that this is going to be a big year for conventions. Adepticon, Gen Con, uh, Nova Opens, like some of these other big conventions that you've got. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be big. People are wanting to kind of get back out there. And I think now that we've all said, okay, well, we've learned how to live with COVID, and you know, we've we don't we've got vaccinations, we don't need masks, we we can kind of do our thing. Um, it's going to be no holds barred, it seems like, in terms of attendance. So it'll be do, exciting. Do we know what uh, attendance was like at LVO this year? Oh man, it was bumping. Um, this was the biggest uh, Age of Sigmar event ever. There was like almost 300 people that played yeah, in the yeah. in the championship event, yeah, which that's, is that's great, crazy. I think 170 played when you and I went in 2020. Mm -hmm. So it was almost it was over double. No, no, not not quite over double. Almost double. Well, yeah, and we went. It was um, 
it was right before the world really started to pay attention to COVID. We uh, were th- so we were in Las yeah. Vegas and we started seeing people walking around with masks. And we're like, why are they doing that? Like, this is just this weird thing that's going on in like China, you know? It's like literally like out of one of those pandemic movies, right? Like, oh, that's just a virus over in that weird Asian country, you know? And next thing you know, like two weeks later, it's like everywhere. So yeah. 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 You know, not just for the gaming side, but for the the sort of the painting side, there's some pretty big turnout. Like I, you know, I'm friends with a bunch of international guys and like there was the World Model Expo and mm. uh, Monte San Savino mm. and like huge, huge turnouts internationally for, for some of the painting competitions. And then Nova this year, too, had the most ent- like uh, painting entries they had ever in the history of the, the convention so far. So, you know, I think everyone's eager to, to get back in person. For uh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for yeah. sure. I'm, I'm excited to see Adepticon, to play at Adepticon. Uh, um, and I'm excited to just hit all these, see all the people that start to show back up at these conventions that have kind of been holding off for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the other piece of news, we are going to put the nail in the coffin of the OGL. Uh, and, and uh, you know, we're happy to do this. Hasbro has announced, Hasbro and, and uh, Wizards of the Coast have announced that they will be moving the next generation, the 1.1 license um, OGL to a Creative Commons license, um, basically. So it, there's actually not going to be a 1.1. It's just going to be a Creative Commons license for um, the system reference document. And they will not be getting rid of the 1.0A license. So companies like Paizo and Cobalt Press that have built their business according to the 1.0A license can continue to publish on it. And then everybody else that is using the systems reference documents, it's just a Creative Commons license that you just need to cite basically as, as you're doing it. So um pretty interesting work uh pretty interesting development i think that we just need like i think that uh the devil's always in the details like we kind of need to see like if you're going to use the system reference document which is basically like the player's handbook um if you're going to use that in some of your products I don't know like what the citation requirements are or like what you need to do. I don't think that we've seen that yet. We just know that it's creative Commons. So if you're just using it for fun or if you're using it out there to put it out free, it's a fruit kind of like fair use. Uh, I think that you can use, but if it's commercial, I don't think we've seen how that works quite yet. Uh, maybe you just end up using the 1.0 a license that they have for commercial use. So, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of like how it totally shakes out. But I think right now we're in a place where it's done. We don't need to talk about the OGL anymore. Um, however, I will say that the fallout has continued. It's kind of interesting. Um, the companies that we mentioned before, Paizo, Cobalt Press, uh, even Chaosium and, and some of these other companies, they're still moving forward with their own um open gaming license called the orc and uh i think it's uh i can't remember what the the orc stands for but it, it's like open reference uh I, I can't remember but anyway it um <laughs> i should probably look that up but uh yeah anyway there's still stands for not the ogl not the ogl exactly yeah. so they're uh they're still moving forward with it they're just like yeah it's nice that you kind of walk that back it doesn't matter we've already you know 
we're going down a path that we don't ever have to worry about this being the thing again. And um, it was interesting because just the chatter on Twitter, you've seen a lot of people that have sort of walked back from their positions of like, I, I hate wizards of the coast. I'm never going to buy anything from them again to like, okay, guys, they listen to us. We can go back now. There's almost like a anti returning sentiment out there, which is like, how dare you support them? They're still evil. Right. And, uh, it's the backlash kind of just continues to ripple. And, uh, I just, you know, it's, it's gamers sometimes, right. Gamer rage. So kind of interesting, uh, something that might be related, but I, it's hard to tell if it's totally related, but Hasbro has announced that they will be cutting 15% of their workforce in 2023. And the rumor is that the president and chief operations officer, Eric Nyman is among those who will be cut. So, uh, kind of interesting that it, that announcement's coming right now. Um, I think you're seeing a lot of companies though. Like uh, the fact that they're cutting 15% doesn't shock me at all because you just saw that like Microsoft just laid off like 15 to 20% of their workforce. Right. Yeah. Or I think it was about 15%. Um, you're seeing other companies doing the Amazon's doing the same thing. Like you're seeing, you're seeing job cuts across the board right now. Um, so it doesn't shock me that Hasbro's doing this, but the fact that the president and chief operations officers on the cutting block, I think raises some eyebrows there. I, um, yeah, I would, I would stand by that. That's rumor. Companies don't announce that our CEO might be on the chopping block. Right. That's, that's either they are they or they're... Yeah. They, they either yeah. get asked to resign and that's what you hear, you know, yeah. or it's a rumor that the CEO being a part of one. It's, I'm not saying it's not a rumor, but it's absolutely rumor right now. It's just not how companies work. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah, that's a big fat asterisk. Rumors yeah. are. Yeah. Right. So. But enough yeah. of that. Yep. So uh, that'll do it for our geek news. If you've got something interesting that you'd like to share, leave us a comment. Let us know. Give us a heads up and we'd be happy to mention it. And let it, we'll let the world know that you brought it to our attention. So, you know. It's great like that. So uh, if there's nothing else, then let's move to our main topic, which is really you, Josh. You are our main topic today. Uh, as we mentioned before, uh, you are Josh Berman. You are known as Quarter Paint, both on YouTube and Instagram and everywhere else. I don't know. Are you on Twitter? I haven't seen you on Twitter very much. I haven't, I haven't yeah. done Twitter, no. Nope. It's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably for the best. I see you a lot on Instagram. And yep. for for an artist, I think that's what matters most, obviously, right? Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, you've had a lot of big development since you talked to us last. Uh, let's start with the major one. What happened to you at the end of 2022, my friend? Um, so I... I had been working towards this for a while, but uh, I I moved to uh, full time professionally mini miniature painting in November of 2022. Um, I'm a you know freelance artist now, you know, and that's a that's a a, a big change. I I had been working in the you know the nonprofit world for the last ten years and uh, uh, kind of made made the leap to 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 
you know, <laughs> job profession now is is artist, which is which is pretty still pretty wild. You know, it's it's only been you know about three months now officially, you know, full time. But uh, I was juggling the professional work with my you know my 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 day job for most of last year, and uh, it's yeah, you know, I, I have a very supportive wife, and uh, you know, thankfully made some good connections, and you know. There's there's a lot of work to be done too. So, so what what made you uh, what was your thought process that was like you know what I I'm ready to actually try to do this full time. I I did a lot of like early uh, like prep work. So like I you know obviously had to make sure that it was like financially feasible. Uh, you know, uh, uh, me and my wife we we live in New York. We're in on Long Island, and it's not a you know, cheap cost of living out here. Um, uh, and so, you know, like, uh, just making sure that, that I could earn enough. Um, I was sort of developing some connections with some, some companies that I'm working with now, um, and had to sort of like ensure that there was enough work. Um, and then really the advice that I got from the other guys that I knew working professionally was, do it for a while, like work in the space and and take on some jobs before you sort of dive headlong into it and see what you're committing to. Because, you know, going from just painting as something that is your maybe your downtime or your hobby and then making it your your job is is obviously like a different experience. You know that like, you know, you have different demands and expectations and you may not always be painting something that like you're super ecstatic about or something like that mm -hmm. so you know i it was a good uh you know six or seven months that i was i was doing that along with the day job and you know uh it, it got to a point where you know i was i was confident that there was enough work i could earn enough i had had sort of uh you know set aside some financial cushions for myself you know and 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 it was like all right it's kind of now or never you know yeah. So um, when you say, you know, you, you made connections to make sure there's enough work, where's the like bulk of your work coming from? Is it is it companies that are asking you to paint box art or prototype stuff or is it commissions that you're getting from private people or classes that you're teaching? Um, I know there's kind of multiple streams of revenue that some artists online can do. Right. They'll do the Twitch stream thing and then they'll go do classes. Yeah. Um, they'll do commissions um, for different things. So where where's the bulk of um, of your uh, work coming in from? So right now, you know, I agree with you. First of all, like I'm slowly kind of working to kind of diversify my like income mm -hmm. streams as well. But um, uh, really, my main sources are actually working like it's freelance work, but I'm basically doing studio work for two companies. So it's Privateer Press is is the bulk of it. The they're you know they have like a few games, but mainly their War Machine line that they mm -hmm. they re release their you know Mach Four of of War Machine. So um, they've been keeping me very busy. And then um, I've also been working with Atomic Mass, uh, who mm -hmm. does uh, you know the they do um, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. And they do the, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars Legion and and a couple of, uh, you know, other tabletop games. So mm -hmm. um, I've been, you know, doing work for both of them for the, you know, the last year. And uh, they're really the bulk of it. I've also been doing some like private 
online coaching as far as like painting, um, but continue to kind of explore my options as far as where, you know, where things come from. But it's not, it's yeah. not any sort of like private commissions. It's really all mm-hmm. studio, studio based work right now. Yeah. Atomic Mass Games is pumping out the models. I mean, yes. they've got Star yeah. Wars Shatterpoint that's coming out in July, right? And they keep dropping armies for Legion and, you know, like all those Mandalorians just came out not too long ago and the Empire Army just came out. And, um, you know, of course, like Marvel Crisis Protocol, you turn around and there's a new set of like expansion <laughs> packs that you can get for that. Oh, yeah. uh, they oh, got yeah. the Marvel United that they I think is that I think that's Atomic Mass Games. It has Marvel United as well. I could be is, wrong about that. Is Marvel? I don't know if is Marvel United. Is that that's not the chibi based ones, right? Or is that because that's Simon Games? I think so. Oh, Marvel you're right. Games. I think that yeah. is Simon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, but they're they're kind of all. I mean, Atomic Mass Games. Like getting getting in with them. That's a that's a good steady line of uh, line of work. So, how long were you double dipping essentially before you decided to make the full time transition? It was like the, you know, early last year. So I, um, like over the last two years, I've, I've made a lot of like connections sort of in the, the painting world. So I, I was kind of, it, you guys were talking about like, you know, things that happened during COVID. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I was, you know, like I've made a lot of connections via Instagram, but it, it, it got to a point where I knew a couple of guys and, I think there were a lot of people sort of like just eager for some social connection. So I was, I was kind of a founding member of this sort of like, um, like mini painting collective. Uh, Ooh, so to I speak. like the sound of that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so it was a lot of like, you know, talented people, up and coming artists and stuff like that, that, um, it, and it, it got to a point that like, we, you know, we, we have our sort of like a discord channel and over the last two years, it's been like, you know, once or twice a week, we'll we'll meet up and like ha- kind of have like paint sessions where you're, you know, in this very like, you know, solitary sort of uh, hobby, you know, you, you can kind of spend some time with some other people. Um, is, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, is this the one that Devin Meyer was telling me about? Is he well, part of know. this mini painting collective? I'm not sure. I don't Devin think so. Meyer. Okay. I think he has something similar then. Okay. Because he was telling, yeah, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, we've got this private discord where like the painters go. And I'm like, okay, well, this sounds exclusive, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, we started small, but it's got, I, I got, got some fancy, fancy names in it now. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it was actually so I, I got to, you know, like I, we, we, over the last two years, got to spend a lot of time with with some of these guys. And, and one of the guys who's like a pretty prolific, like American painter who I got to spend time with was Eric Swinson. Mm-hmm. And um, Eric was uh, really sort of uh, kind of instrumental in helping me sort of get connected to these companies. You know, he was doing a lot like the majority of the the studio work for privateer press before he kind of like brought me into the fold um and so it's just it's been kind of like one of those uh you know 
circuitous paths, but it's it's been pretty pretty amazing that like you know if it weren't for this sort of like connections made on Instagram leading to this group to to kind of meeting these people and then making these sort of professional connections, I'm not sure all of this would have happened in the last two years. So yeah, it's really cool. It's like a special kind of a special thing to meet to find a group of people that you you know can relate to and. Uh, you know, uh, that's kind of why we do this podcast, right? A bunch of us that, uh, get together and just talk about stuff that we like that, uh, means something to us. Right. And try to share yeah. that with other people. So it's cool that, uh, that you were able to get together and kind of have that interaction. Cause like you said, it can't painting can be a very solitary thing, you know, put on, put on the Netflix or something or the, the YouTube music or whatever you do. Right. Uh, and paint for next thing, you know, four hours, but, uh, you know, it's cool to share it with people somehow. Exactly. Yeah. And so one of the, you know, we'll, we'll look at some pictures after, but like one of the things that sort of started happening out of this group was that um, we decided that we were going to do like a miniature painting secret Santa where, ah, uh, cool. where like artists would create a piece for another artist and sort of send it sort of thing. And so it's it's a tradition that's sort of like carried on over the last couple of years. But uh, that's been a fun thing where, you know, you get to know some people and, and kind of like, you know, do something or make something just for that person. So it's been a that's been a nice touch, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, you said that you have a very supportive wife and yeah. uh, being married <laughs> men ourselves. We definitely know how important that is um, to have a supportive wife to be able to kind of pursue some of your passions, especially as a business venture that may not uh, on the surface pay the bills. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a, that must've been kind of an intense conversation that you had with her about, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this full time, but maybe it wasn't, I don't know how, um, uh, how like you were able to um, go about convincing your wife that we can do this. Was it after you started getting basically like, money for the stuff you're doing and like look at the bank accounts like we'll be fine or was it like hey we're gonna need to do this with a you know a, a prayer in our hearts and a leap of faith basically see my wife is the the emotional impulsive one and and i'm more of the <laughs> the, the planner so, so your wife was like yeah go do it and you were like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> she saw me so stressed from those other other jobs she's like I would come home. She's like, when are you quitting your job? You know, like, it's, <laughs> That's you so know, funny. Uh, so she was my like biggest supporter to, to, to make this leap. And it really was me that put the brakes on for, for like six months to just make sure that like, you know, we wouldn't be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, it's kind of hard to paint if you're homeless. Yes. I mean, the good news is that you can always use a piece of your cardboard for the oil paints to oh, draw some of that oil, <laughs> right? The linseed oil out of it. But, uh, you know, um, now uh, still on the topic of painting as a business. Um, one of the things that I struggle with that, I, I mean, I would love to make my hobbies a business sometimes, but you know, I have heard a lot of times and I have felt a lot of times like I don't know that I want to make my hobby my job because I don't want to make my hobby feel like work. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever feel that you struggle with that? Does it ever feel like work to you? Do you ever feel like um, 
you're being kind of maybe pigeonholed into doing stuff that you don't love. And so that feels like work. Um, it, it is definitely a challenging balance, but, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time sort of thinking about that. Like I, you know, I've, uh, taken steps where like, I like intentionally block out time for like personal work, you know, like that was something that, that obviously like when I was doing the day job and also the professional work, it was a real struggle to like do anything that like was, you know, like my stuff, you know, anything that like I, I intentionally wanted to do. But when I sort of like uh, was able to sort of free up a little bit more space, like, you know, I take the time to sort of like intentionally leave space for personal projects. Um, you know, uh, I think um, I, I may be still a, a little bit in the like sort of pink cloud a little bit too, uh, if I'm going to be honest, you know, like yeah. that, uh, uh, you know, just the fact that I can set my own schedule, uh, I'm just working off some deadlines and that, you know, it's sort of like, you know, 10 years of, of working a high stress sort of like day job and going to, to this where I'm, I'm in my home studio, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, like it, it just, it provides a level of like <laughs> comfort and luxury that, that sort of balances out anything that might be potentially stressful, you know? Um, yeah. I really think the, the only, like the most challenging part of it so far, as far as like job is just, is just sort of like meeting the demands of, of, of the, the people that I'm painting for, you know, that like there, there's some, some feedback and some tough requests and, and some things. Um, uh, but then there's also, you know, opportunities for them to like, kind of let me be creative too, which has mm -hmm. been kind of, kind of nice too. So, um, so far I'm just sort of embracing it, you know, it's been a, it's been like a really positive change and, um, you know, I, I, I'm still a little bit in, in like, I can't believe I'm, I'm doing this, you know, yeah. this is my job now kind of thing. That's great. It's, yeah. that's great. It's been a positive thing for you, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll be interested to see, like, uh, um, if you know, when the the honeymoon period, yeah, kind of wears off a little <laughs> bit. Like, if, I'm like, gonna check back in with you in about, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, this is six months, a year. Like, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. But you know, sure. I'll be interested to kind of see, you know, once that wears off, like, you know, what you do to kind of keep yourself motivated, or you know, and again, like a big part of motivation is making sure you don't live on the streets, right? That's a uh, step one. So, yeah. um. But, uh, you know, it, like, I love painting a lot of different things. Um, you know, I may not go all in and say, like, this is going to be a display quality piece. But I like painting a lot of different things because I can just look at it and say, how do I want to do this one thing? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And not feel like I'm, I have to do the batch painting of 100 minis at the, at the same thing. Because I, I did that with my um, Night Haunt when I was getting ready for Age of Sigmar stuff. And I'm like... I'm like, oh man, I don't know that I want to paint another 120 models <laughs> of the same model, you know, because that like is a, such a creative killer. Dude, you know? that's that's why I went to Ogres after Flesh Eater Courts. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to paint another ghoul for the rest of my life. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have an army with five models on the table. Nice. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I like that strategy. So but yeah, so, I mean yeah, go ahead. you know, like I'm I'm someone you know, with the variety that, that comes with like professional painting and and like I'm someone that loves at least for myself, like personal growth or seeing growth mm -hmm. in things. And so, um, 
you know, like that is something, especially in my painting that sort of like keeps up my own energy and sort of like my trajectory is like when I see myself improving. And so that is one thing about like taking this on professionally is like it has pushed me outside of some comfort spaces. Mm. It has also like there's just something to be said about like doing the reps, basically, like you are using creative skills and muscles over and over again and so you you find avenues to to do things better faster and you know and and sort of kind of like unlock some things and um that part of it sort of really excites me is just the fact that like i can put in the hours and the time and that like that's only going to offer some like improve like further improvement and growth in myself for myself it's funny i had a i had a friend over the other day who had never painted before and he was asking like hey can you kind of teach me how to paint a little bit and i don't know that i'm qualified to teach anybody how to paint but um you know he he came over and i said okay great let's start you know let's start with base coats because you've never done this before like ever let's just do clean base coats you know let's do the pants let's do the shirt let's do the helmet just clean base coats and we can kind of go from there you know and um he he got to a point where he's like, how does this look? And it was kind of, you know, all over the place. And I'm like, you know what? You're doing great. Just what you're going to want to do is like, do this, do this, do this. And he's like, how did you do that so fast? And I just was thinking like, I don't know. You know, like, I don't like, and, and I don't like, it, it was like not even like a, a, a second thought of like how I was doing it. And I realized like that was hours and hours and hours of experience that just like translated into just, whipping that out, you know, and learning brush strokes, learning paint, you know, consistency, learning, you know, moving, moving your darker stuff into the shadows, moving your lighter stuff, you know, I mean, and it was just kind of like all sort of coming out and he's just like, wow, like, I, you know, I, I, I can't wait till I get there. And I'm just thinking in my head, I was like, I wish I could like give you that knowledge. Like I wish that I could just transplant it from my brain to yours so that you knew how to do that. But it's like such an experiential hobby like you just have to put in the reps to do it over and over and over again you have to fail over and over and over again and just you know do it do it again and again and so um yeah it's it it was kind of funny and and i can imagine what you said where you're you're putting in the reps over and over again so the next time that you work on something that's your own that would normally take a 300 hour like display I, i don't know how long it takes you to do your display models but let's just say like 300 hours Maybe it doesn't take you nearly that long because you've put in the reps to get it to where you want to be like the first or second time, you know, so um, and and you know how to approach it. Right. You know, the techniques that you need to use. So speaking of your work, the reps and all that stuff, why don't we pull up some of your stuff that you have done recently and uh, go through it? Because uh, let's show, not tell. Right. Like you got some good stuff. So. Um, I am pulling up for our listeners out there. I'm pulling up some of Josh's art here and, um, give me one second. I'm going to get it to a place where we can sort of zoom in. Oops. Not that. Okay. While he's doing that, what is this picture? What are we looking at? Yes. Yeah. So this is a piece. Uh, all right. So we talked about the the Secret Santa exchange. This was mm-hmm. uh, a custom piece done for. I don't know if you do. You guys know Chris Surrey? 
Um, okay, so mm, I do you not. should. So I'll just tell you, you definitely now. should. Chris Surrey. I just spell his last name. Uh, S U H R E. Um, he's you know at Adepticon many years. Like he's back when they had Crystal Brush. He's won multiple Crystal Brush awards. He's an incredible storyteller through miniatures. Um, he creates these incredible dioramas and story pieces. Uh, he's just really prolific. And on top of it, he's like a pediatrician and just this incredible artist. So like, he's just a cool wow. guy. He's a great guy. Um, and he's a, he's a big fan of dragons. And so uh, I had gotten Chris for um, uh, uh, my secret Santa. And he's, also a big fan of uh, this artist, Johan Eckerkans. I'm not sure, you know, and another one worth looking up. Uh, he does a lot of incredible art. Uh, he's he's done these like North mythology books. Uh, he's, he's done, he just released like a dragon book. Um, and there was a piece of his that sort of inspired me for this. Uh, I actually sculpted this piece too. Uh, what? Yeah. Like from uh, scratch? Yes. There's a oh hand sculpted piece as well. So um, this was a, this was a really fun one. This was like at the uh, really at the beginning of 2022 uh, kind of rounded it out. And it was like uh, something that like really, uh, you know, kind of like pulled all my skill sets together. That's something yeah. that I. Dude, that I, is incredible. Thank you. I thought this was like a, a um, not printed, but at least a. a so it really is a one of yeah. a kind. Yes, yes. He, um, so, was this all out of just like milliput, basically? Yeah, like it has like some core of some like um, uh, uh, some of the polymer clays, you know, and okay. but then using a mix of like milliput and and some some green stuff and, and things like that mm -hmm. but yeah yeah so That's your awesome. sculpting skills are like on point dude because like i struggle when i do sculpting and my fingerprints are all in it and my balls aren't round and my you know circles or like my my little like long tubey things are always look like an earthworm you know so like, just this man, is really talking amazing. about your balls not being round and your long tubey things and let's hey, just listen. uh let's move on listen this is a family podcast jason <laughs> right. hey. yeah no, you know sculpting is not uh, necessarily something that like comes naturally but it's something that i i really it's a skill set that i want to push on and and sort of like i said like i like sort of personal growth stuff so like I, I like want to to something that i want to be better at so that's why i sort of like took on this project i was like i'm going to try to to make something unique um like it you know uh there there compare it to like a a well-crafted uh, you know, like 3D sculptor or like, a, you know, someone that is working professionally in the sculpting world, it is, it is pretty clunky, but it's something that like, you know, I'm, I feel sort of like proud of in, in where mm -hmm. it's at. And it's something that like, you know, I, it's something when I f kind of find the room and the time for in the future, I'm hoping that I can, 
you know, like it's a skill set that I'm I'm hoping to grow. Like I I would love to to dedicate some time to to learning ZBrush to work mm-hmm. on some 3D sculpting mm-hmm. to yeah. to be able to 3D print some of my own work or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this was there... a good. Is there like a when when you were sculpting this and painting this? Did you have a story behind the model in mind, or um, just kind of thematically you knew kind of where you wanted to go with it? Yeah, so I, I used the the you know like Chris loves dragons. I had that sort yeah. of like art piece about the sort of like dragon wizard kind of thing, and mm-hmm. that that was kind of like my my direction. Like I took some thematic elements from that like art piece that you know like. It, it, the the character had kind of this orb and and this sort of like dramatic beard and stuff like that, but definitely kind of took it in my own direction with with some of like the magic and like some of the the space theme and and kind of like, um you know like just pushing pushing the the piece it you know towards towards like you know my work, um I'm not someone I'm you know a lot of a lot of like display miniature artists they they work in a way that like, they sort of like have a clear vision and work mm-hmm. towards it. I'm kind of a, a bit of an, like an intuitive artist when it comes to my own pieces where like, I will work to a, to a, to a certain space and then sort of refine it or change it. And, and kind of, it, it's a kind of like an ever flowing kind of process. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. this was something that kind of evolved. It wasn't something that just like, I knew it was going to look mm-hmm. like this, okay. and, you know? So I took uh, a mini painting class this last Nova Open from uh, Devin Marr. You may know him on Instagram as Cutthroat Cure. Okay. If you've heard, yeah, if you, you've so. heard that. Yeah. yeah. So he does a lot of bus painting, right? And he's he's won some crystal brushes and, mm. and stuff like that. And uh, anyway, he um, one of his thing was, was like, what's the story that this miniature is telling you? Like that mm. that will push you to know what you need to be painting because that'll be the story in your mind as you go along right so um it's it's a it's interesting that you kind of started out with a theme and then just kind of let it mold you as you went along too you know and and kind of ended up to where you where you were happy with it and it's very cool very good thank you thank you yeah very good and i think the next picture that we have is uh essentially this oh no hold on It's kind of a close-up, but it's a yeah. head head-on picture of it, which is cool because you've got like the left side of its face is you know being blasted by the light source, and so the the right side is um, in shadow. But then you play with the cloak being kind of the galaxy part, right? So almost like a night sky type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's yeah, really cool. I, I'm I was really trying to play with sort of like ambience and and light and and just sort of playing into the idea that I, I could go a little nuts with the idea that this is just a fantastical character. It can just have yeah. a little bit of like magic. It, it doesn't necessarily have to like, you know, follow the rules of light physics or anything like that, you know? Yeah, like yeah. That it, it... Now, did you, uh, did you just for the, those of us who are in awe by your talent here, did you ever have to go back and be like, yeah, that's way too many stars. I need to fix that part. Or did you just get the stars perfect the first time? No, no, you know, and like, that's the thing is like, I, and I was not afraid to sort of like seek out some, some advice. Like, you know, this was a, 
like a multi-month project. So I was able to sort of like tap into some of the people that I knew um, uh, through that paint group and sort of get some advice, you know, mm -hmm. that like I, I remember, you know, like asking, you know, where I was with, with some of the things on, on it. And one person said like, it'd be nice if you could like punch up the the brightness of like a couple of individual stars so it feels mm -hmm. like they they pull forward a little bit or something yeah. like that you yeah. know and 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 they're you know they're, i i i'm not afraid to like look for some of that feedback and to to modify and stuff like that and so you know there was definitely some some conversations on on the piece for sure with the people i trust yeah looks great man thanks what a what a cool project because not only are you doing kind of like the secret santa right but you're also like collaborating not i mean not collaborating but you are working with other people to get feedback on how to make it better so yep. it's like a, an edifying process as well as like a gift thing that you're doing right so yep what a cool project what a very cool project so all right let's look at this next one so this is uh what looks to be kind of like a female elf ranger maybe um, this is yeah. This is a professional that. piece. So this is like one of the okay. the famous characters from in Privateer Press in their War Machine universe. Arius. I don't know her her full story, but this was a just a recent, yeah, um, you know, uh, a recent professional piece that I I like doing. Like she was a fun character that you know, I didn't mind the sort of static pose. It, it gave me an opportunity to sort of like really kind of focus in on. I'm now, when you do when you do professional pieces, do do they just want? I guess you probably have a lot of options, but is it do they just want pictures so they can use it as like marketing material? Or do they want you to send the model back, or can you keep it, or what? How does it? Uh, so, in the the case with both the the companies that I'm doing the studio work for, uh, at least Privateer Press, I'm I'm doing both pictures for them and sending the models back to them. So, you know, they're they're paying me for photo and and uh, uh video work is along with the, oh, video the actual okay. painting the the models too so yeah interesting okay cool yeah, yeah you know so like I, one of the, yeah, the challenging ahead. parts of like this miniature was like when i you know i like i was painting it and they you know i got to the final point and, and then they were they were like Oh, we forgot to tell you she has tattoos. <laughs> it was like, okay. Ah. <laughs> you know, so that was like a nerve-wracking evening of of just like, all right, let's not screw up all my hard work and <laughs> you know paint in some tattoos. I mean, like if you were to paint tattoos on anything, isn't it usually after you've done all of the all the skin and stuff like that anyway? Yeah. Like yeah. that's yeah. what always freaks out me out about tattoos or any kind of like freehand. I know. I'm like I'm gonna fudge this up, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's fine on like it's fine on like clothing, but skin, like I, I'd be afraid of like having to redo that entire belly. Right. 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 That's true. So, um, so I'm looking at this piece. She has obviously a lot of leather, right? As most fantasy miniatures will have a lot of leather. Um, do you find that there are types of you know, types of um, items, I guess you would say that you really feel like an artist should have to master like, like silver, gold, leather, you know, like, I mean, because those seem to be like accoutrements on everything. 
basically. You know, you'll find leather on Barbarians and Warhammer. You'll find it on Privateer Press. You'll find leather pretty much everywhere. So is that like, what are, what are some of the things that you feel like an artist should like learn to master? Well, you know, your, your lesson with your friend actually, I think is, is stronger than like maybe like a, a material or something like that. I, mm -hmm. I think definition or, 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 or like clarity in the piece mm -hmm. matters a lot more than the, the miniature, like material per se, you know, like okay. that, that if, if you can make sure that like the elements of the miniature are readable when you hold it up to your face and when you put it on a tabletop, you know, you view it from a distance, like it, it's going to make a sort of a statement, you know, I know a lot of people that like, you know, they, they kind of fall into the trap where like, they feel like, okay, well, if I use this color, this color and this color, it's going to make nice leather. Mm -hmm. It could, but like, if you know, you know, like you could actually, you know, use some like random purples and greens and, and blues and, and still come up with a really nice leather too. But like, if you know, like if you're, if you're really spending some time to sort of like define the, the features, like, you know, uh, uh, really where like edges meet and like where elements of the miniature change mm. and making mm. sure that those, those are clear and, mm. and readable, like that really kind of elevates your miniature in general, you know? Yeah, I just painted a, a squad mm. of orc commandos. I know you love orcs, right? So oh, yeah. the kill team orc commandos. And one of the things that I really pulled away from that was the importance of the black lining mm. as, a, as a marker of transition, right? Um, because I had green skin and then oftentimes they had gloves on or, uh, you know, the, or the or the corners of their shirts or things like that. And I was like, man, I'm just not getting the transit, like the, the definite transition between these two things that I really want. And the minute that I started doing some of that black lining, um, just to kind of make that as like stark, like this is one thing and this is the other thing. Um, that's when things started to pop a little bit more and you felt like it was a, a much more of a um, definition, you know, on yeah. this thing. So. Yeah. yeah, it's such a simple idea, but like if you can think about like where the elements meet, and if it's if it's sort of mm -hmm. like you said, the black lining, if it's clearly defined, and and that's mm -hmm. why Games Workshop does so much edge highlighting, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. that they those are where their elements sort of meet, and like they really want that definition. So like you know that that you know those two sort of like techniques are something are like sort of quick go tos for for finding that definition. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. Very interesting. Because, cool. I mean, that's a big part in the professional pieces that we go through them is, like, I have to, you know, make sure that these profession, th these are other people's product, right? So I have to really show off right. what, what yeah, they're... Yeah, the different parts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, so moving on to this next picture, um, it's very... Uh, I'm assuming this is War Machine here. Yes. Yeah, those were... These were some of the, like, earliest uh, pieces I did for privateer press that they um uh you know they, they take their pieces to a bunch of uh like conventions as well and these were these were right around when they announced their you know their new edition of the game and this was kind of like <laughs> i feel like these were like my introduction to the the community behind war machine and, and painting for them and stuff like that and yeah these were exciting because like i um they 
at, at first were kind of like fun, funneling, you know, like a lot of one one of their armies my way as far as painting the, these these kind of red ones or the uh, Kador or Kador. Um, they're kind of like, uh, you know, I'd say like, you know, like a little like Russian themed a little yeah, bit, you know, yeah. they, they got kind of like that, you know, that kind of vibe, the winter soldier kind of thing going on, um, you know, and uh, yeah, this was like, it was, it was one of those f f first early like professional projects that was like, oh, I can do this. You know, this was, this was a fun one. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and it's definitely I want to be using the word comrade whenever I, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever I would move it around. Um, I, you know, looking at this, your reds on those machines are awesome. Like, I just love the the different kind of uh, shades that you have on the panels, right? To kind of give it a little bit of definition there. Um, it's it's so good um, right there, but. Do you find that you like working in certain colors more than others? Like if you had to sit down and you're like, ah, crap, I hate painting purple, you know, or, or like, you're like, I love green. Cause I know you love orcs, right? So I love green or, or whatever it is. Like, do you, do you like certain colors other than others or find some more difficult to work with than others? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I, I use blue in, in like as sort of a utility color, but isn't something that like okay. I, I use frequently as like sort of like a prominent color in, in like at least in personal work. And so like when I had to use it with, um, I, I think I even have a picture in there of like, they have a, a you know, a, an army called Signar, which is like very, this like really intense blue, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I, I think I've, I struggled at first to get like some of the, the contrast and some of the like value intensity that, that I wanted out of blue, you know, that, that, um, you know, definitely like, I think my, my comfort range is like you said, like in the greens and reds and yeah, places yeah. that live in the sort of orc realm. But, you know, I, I, like I said to you guys before that, like, this is, this has forced me to sort of like move outside of a lot of comfort zones and sort of try a lot, a lot of new stuff, you know? Uh, by the way, the the way that you did the texture on the inside of that cloak is like on point. I mean, that is so amazing. It looks like I could reach out and it'd be like feel like dryer lint to me. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the the fact that you did that. I assume that was a lot of stippling. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was just like you know, like looking for some of that textural difference, right? Like you mm -hmm. know, just trying to make that cloak feel mm -hmm. soft against the armor and stuff like that. It's very cool. Very very cool. All right, let's uh, let's take a look. So here is one. I, I again, I'm assuming this, this is from um, from Privateer Press. It looks like yep. a kind of a a lich warrior, maybe maybe a dark elf warrior. From yeah, there. They have a, a new force that they 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 came out with called the Dusk, which are okay. essentially like undead elves. Um, and uh, this was a, the best kind of elf, right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, to Jason, it's the dead elf. The yeah. dead elf's the best kind of. I hate elves. <laughs> no. He this was that. an exciting project though. Like they, they basically handed me something that they basically was like a new product for them and, and gave me some concept art and said like, make this look cool. And, you know, that was a, a, a real honor to, to sort of like 
trust in that like i could put something together like this was the first painted miniature of the, their dusk force for them so this sort of sets the tone for for the rest of that army and how it gets painted um yeah and so it was like it was really something that like i was sort of excited to do it was like a real kind of like commitment as like a professional that like all right like i'm you know like i'm setting a sort of a trend mm. for, for this company you know um you know it's not as dramatic but like who's the guy that got to like paint the first ultramarine yeah. or something yeah. like that right, right you know right. like you know so this was uh this was a cool piece and i'm i'm actually i can't show it but i'm i'm working on another dusk piece right now so could you so, imagine so, trying to walk around in all of that armor? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> no. It's a good thing they're undead. They don't feel the I know, probably, right? Yeah. Um, so I have I've got two questions. One, you kind of mentioned like doing the first piece. Do they give you like the whole army because they want to see like one of every like model that they've made of that range painted that they can show off, or do you just start with one and then they've got other artists to kind of follow suit? Or how does that work? Well, I, I'm sure uh, I will probably eventually get one of everything. Um, okay. They don't send it sort of like all in, in all in one shot. Um, you know, uh, it, it, I don't really, I don't have like full insight into like how they develop their sort of like release schedule, uh -huh. but um, I definitely get it in piecemeal and they don't have a lot of like artists like so i'm i'm still yeah. technically like a freelancer for them so like yeah and i'm you know i i took over a lot of the work that eric swinson was doing like he he mm. was really like their primary painter and he's such a successful guy that like he his entire year this year is already booked for wow. commission work and and box arts and stuff like that yeah um, so he actually has taken some steps back from doing work for a privateer and basically allowed me to, to step forward and, and basically take most of their studio work, you know? So, um, I know, um, Matt, Matt DiPietro, um, mm -hmm. he was doing a lot of work with private. In fact, I think he was their lead artist for a while, um, before he, uh, left them and kind of went private. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's I don't a, know if a long line of, of like pretty big names that that worked for Privateer. Like they had an in-house painting team for a long time. Yeah. But then I, I, you know, it got to a point where I guess it wasn't feasible for them. And, and then they they transitioned to using like freelance artists. And that's where I'm at. But it's still yeah. it's still cool to be part of like the, oh, yeah. you know, the lineup, I guess, that, that did work for them. So. Now, um, I'm noticing that they're like all your metals here are pretty much exclusively non-metallic metal. Do you use metallic paints like on any of your models that you do? Or do you like just like now nah, I'm so used to doing N NMM now that I'm just going to basically go with that because that's my art style. Yeah. I mean, so. Uh, at least for privateer, I don't, you know, so especially with the new um uh, you know, new addition with, with their work, Eric sort of set the trend and, and the, the sort of like art style and, mm. and sort of like, I, I sort of like picked up the torch um, with that, but atomic mass, for example, like all of their, all of their work, they, they want the true metal metallics on all of their pieces. And so um, 
actually it has been a, a learning experience to kind of like go backwards essentially or what felt like going backwards where like I'm, I'm going from this real comfort zone in uh, non-metal metallic work and having to go back to this and like how do I do this again you know like that's uh, too funny yeah 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 mm-hmm. you know and so um that's that's been a you know I'm kind of like reteaching myself and relearning that and and uh, kind of finding a comfort zone in that again but um yeah I definitely am a, a lot more comfortable with the non-metallic metal stuff you know I, it just affords yeah. a level of control that I I really like which is so funny because I think for the most part like myself included like doing Truman, you know, like there's kind of phases that you go through where you're like, okay, I'm just going to throw this, uh, you know, lead belcher silver on there. Good to go. And you're like, mm, maybe I need to make it pop a little bit. So I'll do a storm host silver on the edges. Right. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's still not great. Like it's better. But so then you start to shade some of the, you know, pieces a little bit more. And then I know I, I took a class from Vince Venturella about how to like make your TMM pop a little bit more. So, you know, you're mixing inks in with your actual metallic paints to yep. get some of that like non-metallic metal look with your true metallics. Right. Exactly. And since doing that, now I'm kind of like, okay, I think I might be able to take on the non-metallic metal, but I'm just like, there's a fear inside of me, Josh, that I am just going to take way too long and screw it up. And I'm just like, let me just do the true metallic metal because it's faster. But I think that that's a cop out. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. That's it depends <laughs> on your it depends on your goals, right? Though, like, yeah. yes, TMM like is the thing for for like if you want to get like a really quality sort of like effective result uh, and, and get it to tabletop, like that that is definitely the way to go. But right. like you know, like obviously, like in these kind of pieces, my goal is to like highlight certain elements or like focus the viewer in certain parts of the miniature and like if i can control exactly yeah. where a highlight goes or where the brightest thing is it kind of makes you look at certain things on the miniature right. so like i need that level of control and and like that's where that's like where the comfort comes from you know isn't that the real like one of the main reasons to do non-metallic metals is because you can control where the focus, the light focuses on the metal. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, yeah. It's, you know, cause like it, it really affords you like the opportunity, like, you know, like punch out the parts that, that like really, you know, you want, want to have that shine and that focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So our next one is a, looks like a chariot with what looks to be a, a very heavily armored gladiator style and robot horses, maybe? Are they robot yeah. horses or just heavily armored ones? I think just heavily armored, you know? Like they yeah. have kind of like a, like a, the war machine thing has like kind of this like steampunky kind of aesthetic to it a little bit. Yeah. Like it, it, they, they meld a lot of stuff. But yeah, this was a, one of the first pieces I did for this, this force. Like I said, I feel like you can see it in this picture, like the blues are not as maybe like as rich as like the reds on like the the, the Kador piece or something yeah. like that. Like, you know, the blue fought me a little bit on this piece, you know. It's still awesome. I mean, like if you look at the, you know, the horse's head, you've got that great like, you know, shadow up near where each uh, plate overlaps and then it 
kind of pulls out to a highlight near the edges, you know, um, which gives that definition there. And um, like on the hind leg of that, you know, the foremost horse right there, I like the shadow that kind of like pushes towards the back of his plate there on the blue. So um, I think, I mean, A, it looks amazing. Like, you know, it, it looks great. Um, but uh, I can I can see what you mean where blue might not be like your strongest color right now because like the sure. red just had so much definition to it, yep. you know. So, but uh, I'm sure that as time goes on, we're going to see the blues just become magnificent <laughs> for you. <laughs> so that's uh that's awesome. Hmm. Now here's a question that I have for you. Sure. Do you? So this is privateer press. So do you are you like contracted to use P3 paints when you do this, or do you need to? I mean, if you can't answer that, don't answer, right? But um, like, do you have to use their paints, or do you kind of use your own stuff too? No, I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not brand loyal at, at all okay. with my painting. So yeah, you know, I wasn't um, sure. Yeah, if they're like, well, since you're painting our stuff, you need to use our paints so that you can show people that it can be done with our paints. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like, well, games workshop has an in-house painting team and they use, you know, Citadel paints in their, in their demos for their models. So I've heard a few things that like they, that their in-house team prefers, especially for their true metal metallics, like some, some other brands, <laughs> you know, Vallejo. Yeah, you know, maybe not using their GW whites and stuff like that, you know. So, oh, yeah, that dude, the GW whites are like literally the worst paint I've ever used in my life. <laughs> like, it's so bad, so yeah. bad. But, um, and you don't have to say they're bad, I will say it, Josh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the best white for the record, the best white that I have found out there is the Camaro white. That is a good white. Oh my That's gosh, I love that thing. Like I can thin that down. It doesn't get chalky like a lot of the other ones and it mm -hmm. doesn't come out clumpy, you know? So <clears throat> the, the, the Camara paints overall, like are hands down my favorite. And I, I've got a bunch of scale 75 and a bunch of Citadel and some Vallejo, but the Camara, like that's a paint that just speaks to me. My favorite yeah. white is the uh, primer that I put on the model. <laughs> <laughs> and then I make sure I don't mess it up if I want to have white on the model. <laughs> actually that's a good tactic like if you're gonna have white to start with the white first and then just work around it yeah. that's kind of what i did with this piece actually is like the all the white is done before all the blues and stuff like mm -hmm. that so you know mm -hmm. like it's it's just a challenging color that like you know you're not going to want to do it over another color so yeah 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 very cool all right so this next one is a tank is this re this is related to sort of that that uh, Russian force, right? The Kadar, yeah. I think you said they yeah. called them. Yeah, yeah, yeah same exactly. symbol on them. Um, now, my question for you, like, this is a really cool tank. I have seen you really lean into like some weathering and all of that stuff. Do they have like? Do they basically say like, "Listen, Josh, we know that you can go like A plus, but we want C level work." You know? Yeah, I mean, everything like, is like <laughs> everything is. You know, you're they call it like studio level, right? Like, you know, okay. that like, you, you know, like uh, the goal is not necessarily like, it should be a beautiful thing, but it's, it's not about my artistry. <laughs> it's about their right. miniature. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So like, like, uh, so 
I, I had to sort of like find a balance, like, you know, snuck a little like dust and, and chipping and, and like little, little, you know, scratching and, and a couple of other things in there. But like, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go full bore, you know, like my instinct was, I mean, this thing looks like it's this little like chunky tractor that, that should be like driving through some like World War One mud filled, you know, yeah, battlefield yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so, I love the... I love the tracks themselves, but uh, I love the area right by the uh, the probably the army symbol, uh, yeah. where the red and the 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 black kind of meet. You've got that really strong, like rusty weathering look by the yeah. bolts. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think about this because these are all the same colors that you used in your orc uh, buggy that yeah. you did on YouTube like a long time ago, you know? And I mean, an orc buggy, you weathered the holy living heck out of that thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And made yeah. it grimy and gave it, it's like oh, desert yeah. base and all that stuff. Right. And um, so seeing this one versus that one, I think is very interesting. Cause like I can tell like this is a professional job and that was a personal job yeah. and like, that's okay. Cause I think you're, I think the, it, you made an interesting point this is about the model, not about your artistry. Right. right. And, and that's really um, the defining factor. Yeah. So. You know, and the, you there, it, it, the part about what I like about working for, for privateer is like, they are um, a, a pretty trusting, you know, group in, in the sense that like they, they can kind of hand something over to me and, and know that like, I, I'm going to make it look good you know and like they they um like have been really sort of like open to the sort of aesthetic that like i've sort of brought to their pieces and stuff like that and that like you know I, it does afford some level of sort of creativity like you know it isn't really like super narrow or tightly controlled like that like yeah. you know they have a general idea of what they want and and i have some room to play a little bit so how, how big is this model if you were going to like use your fingers and show us on oh, the this, camera? This one's like pretty chunky. This one's like, yeah, this one's like a, okay. yeah. you know, it was a big chunk of resin, you know. Yeah. Have Have you ever submitted a, a piece and they'd be like, yeah, no, do it again. <laughs> no, not to that extent. Like they'll like the, they'll note something that like, you know, like, oh, this, this little element feels off or, or this, this highlight like feels too distracting or, mm, okay. um, you know, like, like I mentioned, like, oh, by the way, we forgot she has tattoos, you know? You know yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? But it, it has not been like a, a full repaint or something like that. Okay. I, I assume they probably give you some concept art to go with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. They, they, I guess like, you know, they, they have a concept artist do some work prior to even them them being 3d sculpted yeah so like i can i can reference some of that and that has like some color color like you know direction and in, in, in what what they're you know what they've sort of settled on on like what things generally should look like you know and like an army theme too right like i imagine right. you know like this one's red kind of get that yep. russian vibe i'd like to point out i don't know if you can see my cursor on the screen this screw that is in the engine to our normal eye, you're like, okay, that's no big deal. That's just a normal screw. To their size, think of how big that screwdriver must be to install that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's huge, right? They need so... another screwdriver tank to unscrew. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Right, exactly. 
Yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. All right. So I think we're the next one that we have here. Yeah. This is um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is not a privateer press job. No, no, no. This is some personal work. <laughs> you said you wanted some works, right? You know, so I mean we gotta have orcs with you. So yeah, what this is a what an org uh, pain pain boy, or is that what they're called? Something like that. Yeah, like uh yeah, the pain uh pain boss or pain boy or something like that mm-hmm. that they released not that long ago. Yeah, it so, looks so. painful just looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he's got a claw for one arm, yeah. right? He's got a squig coming off of a what looks like a hook. Um, you can see where his leg was tore off so he could put the cybernetic leg on it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Ugh. He did some surgery on himself. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, um, you know, the thing that I love about your orcs, Josh, is that they have so much color variation for being a green skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I've watched a ton of your videos, of course, and I've tried to replicate some of them, and I come up usually very short. Um, but you know, one of the things that you tell, you say a lot of times is in the stretchy parts of their skin, you know, go with more of a fleshy color, right? Like where, where things are stretched out and that kind of gives some definition in those areas. Um, can you walk through like kind of why you would do that? I mean, I I kind of mentioned it, but like, like why there and and why a fleshy color, not, uh, like a, a lighter green or something like that. I mean, you know, like in general, like I said, like contrast and definition is like what what you're sort of like looking for. And and so like, you know, uh, just using sort of color in general, like, you know, green green is like sits on the opposite side of of like the reds, uh, you know, on like the color wheel. Right. So they're complementary colors. So like, you know, using uh, colors that sort of like fall in in the sort of like red pink kind of peachy kind of tones are going to like push your greens further like your green like if you bump that against your green your green is going to look more green you know like Mm. that Mm. color is color is relative you know that like you you can play something next to to a color and really change what it looks like and so use it i and so that's something that i really loved doing is like finding these colors that sort of like complement the greens and like sort of brought some life to the the orcs too like i think us as just humans in general like when we see sort of something look like kind of flushed or like red like it just sort of like indicates to our our lizard brain that something is like alive and mm-hmm. so you know like adding some some tonality of like red uh, and some of those pinks into the elements of orcs i just i personally felt like oh that that kind of like adds a little bit of life to him so like you can see like where you said like where the cybernetic leg meets the his like knee you know like i wanted it to be this sort of like irritated like kind of like like fleshy sort of connection right you know so it was like you know you you gotta kind of like lean into those other colors and so it like Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like it sort of exaggerates then the greens around it, you know. So, yeah, definitely looks inflamed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, you know, and I think that's one of uh, I, I think the last time you were on, we talked about styles and kind of finding your style, you know, and you know, one of the things that we mentioned is that like I can go on to Instagram and look at a picture and know that that's a quarter paint work, 
right? And uh, and and I think it's really because of your contrast that you do with um, with those greens, with the purples and reds, and you know more peaches, and 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 that really just makes those greens pop so much more. Um, and you know it's interesting because you look at the top of this orc's head, and it's a you've got a dark green and a very light green right there. But you yep. go down a little bit on his face, and you can see in the nose some of those flesh tones a little bit more, and then very prominent on, uh, you know, a little bit on the lip, uh, upper lip, but this very prominent on the chin and bottom lip, and just kind of gives that, um, like, what it does is it draws my eyes to his mouth, mm-hmm. yep. right, and then I see the rest of his face, and then I look at the rest of him, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, yep. <laughs> yeah, so. that, you're kind of like hitting on the points, like that the idea was like you know, the face is really like the primary focus on, on the piece and, and wanted to sort of like pull it in there, but like, mm-hmm. you know, want to make sure that like you're eventually like you're moving around the piece to sort of like key points and stuff like that, you know? And um, that's kind of like what the kind of stuff that I like, I think about like when I'm, I'm trying to like do this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Th- this piece actually uh, was one of the ones that I submitted into the Nova uh okay. competition that you mentioned it ended up getting a, a gold in the 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 small scale category for masters which was was a good time dude that's amazing yeah. you got yeah. gold in the masters yeah okay so you can't be humble about that because that's like there's some big name dudes in that sure sure yeah uh yeah no it was uh you know that it was a, like I said, it was a, a big turnout this year. I, it's funny. Most of the, the big names, I, I kind of like, I kind of know them. Like, you know, Eric, Eric was, uh, Eric was, was judging this year. And, uh, you know, um, I had just spent the last like two years hanging out with him, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they were a tough judging crew actually. Like they, you know, they, they scrutinized like the, the work, you know, like I think they, they did a good job and, um, you know, it was, uh, uh, it was fun to participate. I didn't, I didn't initially paint this piece for the competition. Actually, I didn't like paint any of the pieces that I submitted, like specifically for the competition. Uh-huh. It was more of a, just an opportunity to sort of like participate mm-hmm. and kind of be there and, and kind of like, you know, support the show and then just like kind of get used to the the competitive side of like painting too you know like i i'm i'm kind of new to that realm uh so it's something that i i sort of like want to like get comfortable with you know that you're gonna present something that you've spent like you said like you know 100 hours on for judgment by another group of people, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's not always the most comfortable feeling. Well, good job. That, Congratulations. Josh, yeah, you. totally. Do you hear that Jason? Josh totally just casually won a, a crystal bride. I know. Basically. Well, he's, you know, he's very, like, polite, yeah, I'll just very polite. It's kind of nice to the competition. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I got a gold. I didn't get like best in show or anything like, you know, like, okay. it's, <laughs> you're like I'm going to, I'm going to try this competition thing out. You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's uh, that's very cool. Very, very cool. All right, so let's talk about this orc. Is this another one you submitted for? There's this orc, and then we have, I mean, this is a, a little bit bigger. Yeah, uh, so there's a little ones? story here. They, so this was, 
the very first miniature that I sculpted myself. So, oh my, this gosh. was another one that that like it was it it was like my, my first foray into it, and I was like. I had a lot of fun with this. It was like the again, like you know, the little storytelling. I I felt like you never saw like an like ancient or kind of like old orc. So I, I wanted this like you know, this this kind of battle hardened gnarled kind of guy. Um, I liked the character so much. I uh, ended up asking um, uh, a guy. Uh, he goes by Mister Model Orc on Instagram. Uh, he's like a 3d sculptor and he's really into orcs too, and has drawn a lot of inspiration, like from my work. So he ended up 3d sculpting the character again. So like that That's other piece. Yeah, yeah. He ended up like, and you can see what, like what a professional can do. Right. You know? Uh, uh, and so like he ended up 3d sculpting the piece and doing some 3d printing for me. And I was able to like, uh, you know, uh, a few months later, sort of like uh, recreate the piece in like more of a like a display level kind of quality. And um, yeah, I got to enter this into a couple of competitions too. It was really, it was, I, yeah, I have, this guy has kind of like a, you know, a soft spot there's, in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. There's some sentiment. Jason. Okay. So professionally like 3D sculpted. Like, do you see a difference? Like, slight for me. Yeah, it's there's still both of them are pretty pretty great models. Dude, like you're. I love the beard on this guy. Awesome. I love the beard. I love the age. Like, yeah, I think yeah. this one that you sculpted captures the age. I do uh, too. Of the yeah. best of the two. Yeah, yeah I think mine has some of like the derpy qualities of like the old Games Workshop yeah. miniatures, you know, like the the orc faces a little bit, you know, that that classic orc, you know, kind of style. Whereas the resculpt is like a little more modern, a little, you know, uh, he looks a little more grizzled. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the you know? the the resculpt, he looks like he's still doing his like you know fifty pushups a day. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> He's oh, yeah. the orc version of the bad guy on an avatar. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I can see it now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, so dude, that's so that's amazing. Do you own the 3D sculpt for this? Or did it yeah? I that's do. great. Yeah. That's a great model, man. I know lots of people probably love to paint that. Yeah. The agreement was with him uh that I wouldn't sell it but I could use it for, I could use it for a course. I could use it for students, oh. like, you know, and things right. like that. So that, that might be in the hopper in the future is, is, cool. you know, you might get a one-off kind of piece if you come to a course or something like well, that. That's a special so, piece then. There's so many things that you could do with this on a course, right? You could work leather. You yep. could work non-metallic metal. You could work skin. You could yes. work, you know, I mean, like there's so many things that you could do in a course that like would be, pretty awesome on this yeah. model so yeah. definitely excited about cool. this one yeah super cool all right so uh this guy right here i assume is a is a um another uh privateer press right yep i just threw it in there you know again like i said like that this was one of those forces that like i i feel like i i've sort of gotten to kind of like put my stamp on a little bit mm -hmm. and uh um 
I threw it in there because like I knew Justin, you would probably find this interesting. It's like something that I've been sort of like toying with as like sort of like a finishing technique is actually using um, some watercolor uh, in in oh, some of like the lighter colors. So like if you see in like her um, her that robes, like like uh, yeah, or like the robe down here. The, yeah, exactly down there on, on her like lower half like some of that blue and some of that like warm color is yeah. sort of like accentuated by like using some watercolors at the watercolors. sort of the end. Yeah. I like the that cool, is very cool. Yeah. I like the coolness, uh, like temperature cool that is in that bottom robe there. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a challenging yeah. scheme because they want a lot of white on the piece, right? Mm, but like, mm -hmm. how do you define like something mm -hmm. to read as white, but in in essence, it, it read differently than other whites on a piece, you know, like you have to find avenues to, right. to sort of like define whites. And so it's like finding cool and warm whites. And, mm. you know, um, what's crazy is like the, the metal in her armor, uh, and stuff like that, that that's sort of like a white metal is actually kind of like a green you know um mm. uh, it, it, you know it's really pale oh. but it, it's it's green really you know uh and and so it's like uh you know like i have to sort of like find clever ways to to kind of like really pull out that difference between the elements yeah dude the the all right look justin look at the blade of the gun she's holding up you can see the reflection of the metal of the gun in the blade. Right there. Right there. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that it's is a little super subtle cool. touch there. It's yeah. a little subtle touch yeah. there. Yeah. And I see the green like uh, in the armor like a lot down here on the yeah. foot. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? There you go. And you can see it a little bit in the shading right here. But what's interesting yep. is that it's complementary enough of like the the blue. I don't know. I guess is that called the Nagalus, right? Or color where it's like next to the color on the on the on the wheel or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yep. So it it does. You know, like you're you're kind of. It feels like you're reflecting like maybe this blue down here a little bit. You know. So, I think it's cool. Yeah, and I, I think I, it I mean, just it doesn't necessarily like at first glance read as green because it you know, mm -hmm. like how it's sort of like placed mm -hmm. against, like I said, like some of those other colors. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, this was yeah, uh, awesome. a fun project. All right. So the last picture that we have to talk about is I think an interesting one. Cause I saw the work on in progress on this, on your Instagram. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you went on a retreat to start working on this with a buddy, right? Yes. So, you know, one of the the perks of like that painting group is like I've made some legitimate friends through it. And so uh, one of the guys is he lives out in Pennsylvania. So he's he's a, like at least in driving distance. And uh, we've met up at, at a he he's got like this family cabin in, in Pennsylvania. And like you spend a couple of days hiking, painting and, you know, eating some food. It, it's a pretty good time. Um so this was like, I, I, I threw this in there because this is like my one personal piece so far for, for 2023. Um, it was the first uh, like quote unquote personal piece that I've done in a while since like doing a lot of the professional work. And it was like, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was like really 
um, personally, it felt like kind of like a little step up for myself too. Like we, uh, I did it in, it was like two and a half days or so, you know, we, uh, kind of spent up there and it was, uh, we ended up painting the, the same exact miniature, uh, which was a really fun exercise where it was like, you could watch a, another artist on how they, they approach a piece and how they sort of render the forms or, or how they're going to kind of creatively tackle some of the problems. Um, it gets you, you know, you can kind of like kind of bounce some ideas off each other. And it was, uh, you know, a really fun exercise. It was something I, you know, it was, it was really invigorating per se creatively. Uh, was the, were these cuts on the model or is that something you just did on the nose? Uh, they were subtly sculpted in the, the guy that, okay. that, okay. that, that sculpted this, I he think he's, he's Spanish. You know, I think he's a, I think he's a game designer, but like on the side, he does 3d sculpting. He does a lot of these busts. Um, and they're, they're really character filled. Like they're just like yeah. these odd little characters that like have a, a ton of, a ton of like little fun little details. And so it was, it was super fun to paint. Jason, look at these eyes. Yeah. I was thinking those probably what your eyes look like after you finish binging a TV series. <laughs> yeah, probably on, you know, two hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the bags and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm but yeah, it's really awesome. Another another example of what you were saying, right? Like clearly define, maybe not clearly define, but um, denote where the differences of transition on the model are. Like you can yeah. see the bags versus the cheek, right? Yeah. There's there's a clear change there, a transition. Exactly. Like that plane of the cheek is defined from the, the bags and the eyes. And that's exactly yeah. how I think about it is like, you know, like if you can kind of define those forms, like broadly, like you look for the big forms, like, you know, like his forehead's a good example. Like that, that is like a broad space that, that needs to right. be defined, but then you have to also define the smaller elements within that space too, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's like when it really starts to read, it's like mm -hmm. you, you start to understand the, the shapes and, and like how, how people view it. I, I love the way you did the eyebrows, right? How it's like shaded here. Um, because it is almost like um, an anti-highlight in a sense. Because his yeah. forehead is so bright and this is dark, it still draws my eyes into his eyes. You know, it like makes his eyeballs pop a little bit more. It makes the bag, you know, the reddish in the bag stand out a little bit more because it is kind of darker here, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, the first thing when you look at this thing, the first thing you see is probably the nose stands out to me. Um, sure. but it's not necessarily the forehead second, it's the eyes, right? Like those, like my, my, my eyes go from the nose to his eyes. And like I said, it's almost like an anti highlight, um, an opposite because of the contrast there, you know, that, uh, I think looks really great. So really cool yeah. colors too. I, you don't mm -hmm. see this green too often. Yeah. A lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a, it, it was a piece that I sort of settled on that, like, I knew I wanted this sort of, like, strong, like, warm, cool kind of contrast to happen and kind of just sort of leaned in, into that. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it sort of fell together, like, really nicely. And, and 
what what and I, I guess I would encourage this for other people that want to improve is like what's nice about working with another artist is like I think even even where I'm at like you know he was able to push me outside of my comfort zone so like you know I found myself feeling really good about the face of this piece but then when it came to like the the like little vest and the fur and the jacket and, and that other stuff i was getting a little lazy or like i was getting a little tentative like i was like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do too much I, i'm just gonna let the face kind of like be the primary thing and and he was like no dude just you know like go for it like you know like so i i tried doing some like non-metallic metal in there and, and like trying to yeah. like push push some of the the contrast and and some of the texture and like, I'm really glad that I did, you know, it was like, it, it made for a stronger piece. So. Yeah. It looks awesome. great. Very good. Very good. All right. So what's next for Josh Berman, AKA quarter paint? What's uh, what, 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 what is next? What's coming up in 2023? That's going to be significant for you. Well, uh, I mean, you guys were talking about Adepticon, so I'm going to be going to Adepticon. Uh, okay, when are we meeting? Hello. <laughs> okay. uh, so that'll be like my, I'm going to, uh, it'll be my first time entering into Golden Demon, too. Um, so we'll see see how that plays out. Uh, are you doing yeah. sneak peeks on Instagram of where you're going to enter? No. Uh, oh, the, no. Okay. <laughs> <yeah>, <laughs> There's something to be said. Like if I'm gonna paint something for a competition, I feel like there's something to be said for like, like the novelty factor. Like some, mm -hmm. some like when it, it it sometimes has an impact. So like I'm you know I'm not going like huge, but at the same time like I'm coming with the intention of like bringing something to like put in the competition. So we'll we'll hope you know we'll see how it goes. Like I don't want to come empty-handed, you know. So. I mean, are um, you gonna send us like um, advanced copy exclusive tabletop and beyond sneak peeks? <laughs> you don't have to, but I'm that's just possible. saying that's if you wanted possible. to. That's possible. <laughs> um, All right, well, we'll be looking for it for sure. That'd yeah, be awesome. yeah, yeah. That that's that's definitely coming down the line. Um, you know, I, I'm also just looking to sort of like expand uh, some of my teaching. You know, like we, you know, uh, I'm not going to be teaching at adepticon but i'm um you know this is an odd thing to say i've never taken a mini or mini painting class before or course um so uh i'm sort of coming to adepticon with the intention of like taking one of those and 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 sort of like sitting in and sort of like participating from some other artists and kind of like trying to sort of glean like what people are really tr looking to take away from something like that and that kind of space. So that like, you know, when I, I sort of take the opportunity to, to kind of put a class together, I'm bringing something that like has some real value to the, the people that, that come to it. So that's, you know, that's where I'm at right now. I'm also going to be like doing some more um, sort of online coaching and teaching too, you know, like, uh, have a nice camera set up here and um if others others do too like i've i've, I've had a, a couple of like online sessions with people that have like been really successful so exploring that avenue you know um there's a, there's a couple other things in in the pipeline but nothing uh nothing solid yet cool painting yeah. with josh yeah well yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd love for you to come down and teach at the Nova Open next time. Like, 
I'll make time to take your class if you do it. And uh, if you are interested in doing it, um, I have a direct link to the guy who organizes all the painters for Nova Open. Okay. So he could he can get you in, and I'll you know I'll say you got to put Josh in. You got to put Josh. In. <laughs> you, you know, so he he's cutthroat cure, like I told you, Devin Meyer. Sure. So sure. he he's the one that organizes all the Nova Open painters. So, um, but yeah, that would be it'd be great to to see if you you know do do some of that teaching and if you show up at the Nova Open. So, but yeah, dude, let's uh, let's stay in touch and link up at Adepticon because it would be awesome to meet in person and. Uh, maybe we can wander the models with you and you can tell us how much everybody's is terrible compared to yours. I'd love oh, to come hear on that. I don't, I don't know about that, but <laughs> it could be fun to look at the cases though. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I am. I'm going to get to actually judge. So privateer does a painting competition at Adepticon too. Uh, it, oh. You know, not as, as, as like, you know, world renowned, I guess is golden demon, but uh, I'll be judging uh, th that competition at Adepticon too. Oh, cool. Fun. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Very, very good. Well, we look forward to seeing you at Adepticon. Um, if folks are interested in following you and learning more, uh, getting in touch with you, what's the best way for them to to get a hold of you, get in touch with you, or follow you? I think Instagram's like your normal your normal domicile of social yes. media, right? Yeah, Instagram, quarter pin on Instagram, but there's also like on Instagram, there's a there's a link to like my link tree that has like you know, Facebook, my email, uh, YouTube. So it, Instagram is always a good start, starting point to, to connect to, to all that stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Very good. And you won't be disappointed if you follow on my love going through my feed and seeing a new picture update from, from you all the time. I, I will say that I was starting to get very confused about mid last year about why all these non orcs were starting to show up. <laughs> yeah. feed. So I was like, wait, what's happening here? Who's taking over Josh's account? You know? So, but it makes more sense now, I suppose. Sure. So, well, Josh, thank you for joining us this week. We uh, loved having you on here. We loved looking at your miniatures. This was a lot of fun doing it, uh, you know, visually instead of uh, verbally. Um, and, uh, Again, for all of our listeners who are listened to this entire episode, go check out the YouTube video or at least uh, Josh's Instagram account because you won't be disappointed. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much to all of our supporters. And uh, if you can like and share this video, that'd be that'd be wonderful. And uh, have a great evening and keep the dice rolling. See ya. Thanks, guys.